Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Finally, back together, and not just in any old way, but in a Captain America, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame style way. On your left. Yeah, we've got on the left because Kenny Omega was holding a dustbin like Captain America, and then we've got eye-patched Hangman Page. Oh, Snake Pliskin came oh. down for the save. God, Tony Khan loves an eye-patch, doesn't he? It was so cool. This is fourth one in four years. It was like a comic book. This this was classic Kenny Omega booking. You know, taking more inspiration from anime or comic books and visuals like that. Uh, I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D.A.D. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk Review podcast of AEW Dynamite. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of Dynamite and send in your Omega chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars before the end of the show. And hey. Another little call out. Come see us. Yeah. Have you ever thought to yourself, I'd love to meet you in person? Actually, I, I saw someone today on the tube. Uh, I, was, I was on the overground mm. um, to uh, to our office. And he was like, oh, Luke Owen, I was actually just listening to your Raw review the other day. Really, really nice to meet you. And I shook my hand and everything. We had a little chat and everything. Do you know what the really funny thing was, though? He was sat next to Adam Blompy and he didn't recognize him. <laughs> Take that, Blomps. Take that, Blomps. Like, shit, that's what you get. You, you lose your blue tick, yeah. and all of a sudden you're just one of us now. We've been overshadowed by the Blomps for years. Now we're... He saw me and he was like, an actual star is here. <laughs> it's, like when... it's, it's the airport test. <laughs> it's like when Team TNA walk into a room. Mm-hmm. Oh, the actual stars have arrived. But yeah, you can come and meet us in person because we're going to be watching Night of Champions at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery. Tickets are available right now. Please do click the link in the video description down below. We're going to be doing a live Quizlemania, which is sold out. And then we'll be watching Night of Champions all together. And it's going to be a great great time we had a blast at clash of the castle last year and we're yeah. really excited to get together plus we're going to be raising money 
for Women in Sports, which is a great charity about promoting women in all sorts of sports, not just wrestling, but football mm-hmm. and tennis and this, that, and the other. So we're going to be doing a lot of money to raise charity uh, because that's the, that's what we do on those shows. Yeah, you got a money to raise charity. What did I say? That's what you said. Money to raise charity. Money to raise charity. Well, we're getting money to raise charity. Yeah, honestly, Clash of the Castle, when we did our live watch along there, was one of the most fun special nights of my life. Because it was like, you know, a tough few years with COVID and whatever. And then being with all of the team and then with everybody in person who traveled so far and wide to come watch it with us. Ah, it was beautiful. And to me, we are taking over this pub as well. It's Mm. not just we're in a pub. We are taking this place over. This is an NXT takeover of a pub. The beers are being renamed after us yes. you can go to the bar and order an ollie authority is that have you got the names I've for got the... the names written down so what's a, is an ollie authority a stout an ollie authority is the stout i specifically <sighs> picked out the stout so i'm gonna back. drink myself <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's a great time click the link in the video description down below or the one that's being spammed by our moderators uh, and come and see night of champions with us have you got a drink I do have a drink. What's yeah. your drink? As DAD vibes. <laughs> Gross. Uh, right. So the he- headline of this show was the epic, brilliant closing angle of Don Callis. Of ja- Karen Jarrett's debuting in TNA. That's absolutely right, everyone. Here we go. This is the actual <laughs> thumbnail for the show. The actual elite have shown up in TNA professional wrestling. <laughs> well, okay. okay so i've got this message uh where did i get to um because we obviously we put the tweet out being like you know kind of all talk about karen jarrett luke owen wrote this tweet there's no way that luke owen doesn't lead with the debuting karen jarrett over the elite oh you've got to start off with the small guys come on you want to build up the anticipation for the thumbnail don't be basic go the elite reunion go the big story karen jarrett that's from dan if luke owen doesn't insist on karen jarrett being used to the thumbnails down today's dynamite review, you'll be very disappointed that's from wrestlebox luke owen's gonna be so happy that's from yuri bird i can't wait to see what luke says about karen jarrett and the debuting uh luke owen's gonna lose it for this that's from not your buddy pal well i know luke owen liked the beatdown, but i wonder if he thinks the team center used the wrong guitars to attack ftr guys they're working you they did that on purpose because they don't know who these indie dorks are they're just hitting people with actual star-like weapons you know what <laughs> screw it lead with it what happened luke no we'll save it we'll, we'll, we'll talk about these little indie geeks first and we'll do we'll, John Moxley. Yeah, we'll talk about your little flippy floppers and you guys that just bleed all over the place. And then we'll build. Jeff Jarrett doesn't bleed all over the place. <laughs> and then we'll get to the, the actual stars of the show. It's coming. Don't you worry. <sighs> Karen Jarrett. Unbelievable. I, I was tempest earlier. I said, did you know what happened on, uh, on AEW last night? And he said, oh, I heard that Karen Jarrett showed up. Did you know what I did? I got my glass and caught his little Mark Tears. <laughs> <laughs> And, I, and I, mm, it was refreshing. And then I went on Twitter and I saw Kate from Fightful was like, oh, Karen Jarrett. And I was like, give me, give me more of your Mark Tears. Oh, so lovely. So refreshing. What's it taste like? It tastes a victory. <laughs> it tastes like stars. So Don Callis was promoted through the entire show. We'll hear from Don Callis after his big heel turn on Kenny the previous week. And he comes down to the ring, security flagging the ramp with just the clip on repeat on the Tron of him turning on Kenny. And Tony Schiavone's like, you know, the standard one question, then 
<laughs> well, he actually slinked away. away as the brawl was happening. Like yeah. in the back, there's like Moxley beating the hell out of him. It was like, okay, I'm going to just sneak out of here if you don't mind. Um, and Don said, well, you're all wrong. Kenny isn't the victim here. I'm the victim. Uh, so that's not going down the route that we thought, where Don was obsessed with Kenny and trying to make him great again. So, what so, he's actually doing is he's saying, like, Kenny's now holding me back. Like, I achieved greatness. But Kenny may achieve greatness through me. Mm. There would be no Tokyo Dome shows without me. There'd be no um, Jericho Omega. Jericho Omega without me, the Invisible Hand, you know, that's where he got his name from. The first night I had in this company, he won the world title. Mm. He's nothing without me. Yeah. I, so I'm not I'm not compelled by that story. Hmm. Maybe maybe it will get better uh, because this really was a tease for the explanation. This wasn't the explanation, um, and I don't think it's a case of me booking something in my head and then being annoyed that that hasn't happened. I think it's a case of me booking something in my head and the thing that they've done isn't as good. When usually what they do, they make it better. It, it feels like it should be a more complex storyline yeah, yeah, than yeah. just, oh, he was, uh, he's nothing without me. Yeah. It's like it's, uh, that's any old heel term. Exactly. From a heel. Uh, but we didn't really get a chance to hear the full explanation, so let's wait and see on that. Because Kenny Omega shows up on the ramp, and has, he doesn't come out with a weapon, does he? No. He starts brawling with the security guards, and then out come the Blackpool Combat Club. They start brawling with Kenny. Earlier in the night, they'd taken out the, the young bucks, so Kenny's like on his own, basically. What do you think of the way that the Blackpool Combat Club took out the young bucks in that backstage parking lot segment? Well, you know, they all came from NXT, the uh, the rookies that they are, so they, uh, they had to use the parking lot as a way to get rid of them. So the bucks are walking in with their wheelie, uh, bags and I think Marvez catches them and says, "Oh, what do you think about tonight?" Yada yada. Bucks start talking, and then the Blackpool Combat Club hop <laughs> several beats West behind them. Yeah, yeah, totally like West Side Story to get behind them for the blocking of the shot, yeah. and then they attack them. And I said, "This is cinema." <laughs> Rack focus. And then they the big like pull focus thing from Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's from Vertigo. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> so then the black the, the bugs do appear and they've got weapons. Yeah, they've got like a bunch of trash can lids. They give Kenny the broom, the broom, the, the broom covered in barbed wire that he used in the the Moxley match, their first match together. But also, Kenny is the cleaner. That's his. That's his. That. The broom to him is what the sledgehammer is to Triple H. And then Excalibur is just screaming, but the, the odds are still against him. And I'm like, I don't mind it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I love, love it, it so They've much. They've done this quite a lot recently. The odds are still against him. And then someone makes their return. Jeff Hardy makes his return. Yeah. Roderick Strong. But it's, it, like, it's, it's perfect. It's pro wrestling. <laughs> it's going to become Excalibur's new catchphrase. <laughs> But the numbers game. Well, it's going to be better than like, here's what's coming up on Rampage. <laughs> and then out comes Hangman Page. And when his music hits, the place unglued. I was really excited. He's got an eye patch on and he just stands next to them in this line. And Kenny looks to him. It is on his left, isn't it? Uh, to continue that end game final battle reference. And Kenny initially looks a bit perturbed and then go, like resolves with himself hands him the broom and it is so captain america 
Bucky vibes. And then they all just run down, have this big brawl. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club mostly get out of there and leave that piece of S Wheeler Utah to take the beating. Buckshot Lariat, Hangman gets on the mic, really passionate promo, declares, We are the elite. We're the heart, we are the heart, soul, and spirit of this place. I got like I am Groot, we are Groot vibes yeah. from that. And then he said, And we challenge you to an anarchy in the arena match at double or nothing. Excellent angle. Great storytelling, great character work. Brilliant. The pause he had where he was like, we are the heart, we are the soul, we are the spirit of this place. We are. And he let just long enough of a pause that the crowd were like, say the line, Bart. And he's <laughs> the elite. And the crowd were like, yeah! It was, I, and I'm not messing with you here. I cried. Really? Yeah. Actually, like when Hangman Page came out, I started to well mm. up. But when the four of them were standing alongside each other in the ring and like he hit that buckshot lariat, genuinely tears fell. It was very cathartic. Yeah. And that, that, that's the beauty of this long running elite storyline. And yes, that, like not every twist and turn has been great. And sometimes it goes off the boil. But when they get right on form and those moments sing, they are the best stuff in wrestling. You know, the, the mini potential turn on Hangman. Uh, like Hangman nearly turning on Omega. Mm. The 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 moment we had in uh, Winnipeg a couple of months ago yeah. when they first started working together. This is the beauty of wrestling storytelling. And it really is a uniquely elite way of storytelling. No, but nobody else really does this. And I'm glad they don't because then every, it wouldn't be as unique. But this is prime elite. There, there was an image that was being shared around on, on Twitter today that's like, it's... This is such a, it, it's not really that big of a thing, but it's a very, this is a totally elite Kenny Omega style thing. They're always staying in the same positions. Mm. So it's always Nick, Matt, and Kenny with Hangman in front of the ring. Like when they did the tease the turn, like back at Revolution 2020, they're in the same positions. When Hangman came down to make the save, or when the elite came down to save him, they're in the same positions. Uh, when he cut his promo to challenge Arena, they're in the exact same positions. It's got the same like camera shot and everything. Wow. It's purposefully done. Mm. And it's such a Kenny Omega detail to be like, guys, we've got to be standing in the, the right spots here. Well, it's brilliant. It, that's that's his real contribution to the medium of wrestling, I feel, because and he's very open about this. He says he doesn't look at wrestling for ideas. He looks at other things. You know, very usually very visual mediums like comic books or anime, you know, very over the top characterizations and, and staging of things. And yeah, th then it becomes enormously rewarding when someone puts together just a, an image of those shots next to each other and you can go, oh my God, these details just hit all the right notes. And it's, it's there for the fans to, to pick out as well. I, I thought this was a really, really great angle. Like I, I, I legit lost my mind when Paige came out and, and stood next to him. And that's the kind of the, the brilliant thing. You know, when people say, oh, it's predictable, oh, it's inevitable, oftentimes I don't think that's a bad thing no. because we all knew that this is where the storyline was going in the same way that we all knew that Hangman Page was going to win uh, the, the championship from Kenny Omega at full gear. Knowing, I did. I know you did. <laughs> but knowing isn't like, knowing is half the battle. Hmm. But like, it's it's the enjoyment you get from that and the enjoyment i got from this angle here was just like i, I i'm this is one of my favorite episodes of dynamite of the year even though that it wasn't like i you know the finish of the jay white ricky starks match was pretty but 
there was some like good stuff on the show. I think that like I could go for hours about how like really Sammy Guevara is a baby face. That oh my god, what what why does that why do they all keep thinking that? I I don't know. Well and you know, we'll go into that. But like this ending here was like awesome. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see double or nothing for this match. Anarchy in the arena, uh obviously they've got a quite a lot to live up to because the inner circle matches have been great. That visual last year of Eddie Kingston covered in blood with gasoline like um yeah uh i but if anyone can do it it's these guys and you know i'm really super excited about the elite having this match and it almost makes me forget oh my god moxley claudio and daniel of course wheeler utah as well but brian danielson as well brian danielson in an anarchy in the arena match he was in the last year he was because it was Danielson had the move on Jericho. He had the like the label oh, and Eddie started yeah. pouring gasoline over him, and yeah, Brian's yeah, yeah, yeah. was like, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I forgot they're all Blackpool Combat Club. Eddie Kingston. God, that storyline went on forever. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just excited. About I'm dead it. excited for this. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, let's see what you'll think on the Omega chats. Graham Shaw says, I'm still trying to decide if the elite lining up with a trash can between Kenny and Hangman was an accident, accidental or intentional metaphor. It's definitely intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of trash, damn it, Tony, you should be booking fewer Jarrett's, <laughs> not more. They make everything worse. Strong disagree, Graham, but I will collect my glass so I can have your mark tears. I don't think they make everything worse. It's just they're good until they're not but they but they never are bad so mm. i'm just marcus they're, says they're great because they're not in the main event do you, like if yeah. if this was the elite versus team tna in uh anarchy in the arena i'd probably be like mm. i think you'd still be on board <laughs> maybe i would but i would be like i probably would say like i think the blackpool combat club should probably mm. in this, i think they're probably the the team you put in here but in a, that little mid card slot that's your, That's a perfect place for Team TNA. Mid-card slot going for FTRs, tag team titles, and a pay-per-view. I'm just Marcus. I know I said last week that Hangman could have turned heel. But man, if I didn't scream like an excited child when Patch Hangman came out and when at last the elite stood together. Yeah. Genuine chills. Um... Hello, Luke and Ollie. This is from Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Hope you are well. My first dynamite in months. Where have you been? Uh, I wasn't that hooked. Where is he, by the way? Hanging out with the Hardys. Roddy was amazing. However, Karen Jarrett is now here. What, when is Angle coming? So him, him and Jeff can feud for three years straight. I mean, only, only when Tony gets really desperate. <laughs> um, well, we haven't had the name recorded, but it I assume it's the, the roller coaster. The roller coaster. Uh, Luke, I'll say it again. Choo-choo. You were right. The Double J train isn't slowing down, and I can't believe how on board I am. This is so silly, and I love every minute of it. Silly's the best word for that. Yes. It's so silly. Um, well, let's get into the rest of the the show. Uh, just, of course, a, a last call-out. Well, not last call-out, but another call-out. Please, come see us. Come see us in person. It's going to be me. It's going to be Luke. It's going to be... Tempest. Tempest is going to be there. Adam Sullivan, Dan Layton, we're all going to be there. I don't know if anyone knows Adam Blompier. That's a good point, actually, yeah. But Sully's going to be... Dan Layton's going to be there. Yeah, so come on down. We're all going to be hanging out. We're going to have a great time. Andy Datsun will be there, of course. We're going to have a lovely old time hanging out. There'll be merch there if you want to get anything. We'll be there to take some photos if you fancy that as well. Or just come down, have a few beers and watch some wrestling. Because we're going to be watching wrestling. And this is the great thing about, you know, the, the live events that, that we've been putting on. You get to watch wrestling with over a hundred other yeah. like-minded wrestling fans. If you're like, coming on your own, you're going to make friends. Mm. There was a guy that messaged us on After Dark um, that went up on Patreon yesterday who uh, said, I went there on my own last time, but like made friends and I, I left with friends. Yeah, yeah. And he basically was like, so if anyone sees me again this time, just come up and say hi. And we, can do, and we can just hang out for the evening. Well, you said we, we just recorded Wrestle Talk Extra, and one of the things you were talking about, 2009, you fell a bit out of wrestling because you just didn't have anybody to watch wrestling with, any wrestling friends yeah. in person. So imagine if you had this to make friends with people. It'd be great. It's a lovely community space. It is, yeah. Plus, Long Arm's a lovely pub. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got great beers on tap that are 
brewed on site. Mm. These are li- these are their own beers, and there's amazing food as well, so you can eat, drink, oh, yeah. be merry, and cheer as either Seth or AJ wins the World Heavyweight Championship. Well, apparently, maybe maybe AJ. That's what maybe I mean. Maybe it's not over and done. We all thought it was going to be Seth, oh. but he's the big movie star now, hanging out with Captain America. I bet he's looking at this elite reunion. <laughs> I wanted to do that. Right, so this episode of AEW Dynamite opened with a Wardlow promo. Yeah. Not an Orange Cassidy match. No, that came next. I thought it, was, it felt out of order. I thought they'd done that. I, I like, didn't like it. I thought they were starting with a Wardlow match. Then he came out in his dress shirt, and I was like, oh, are we get a Wardlow promo? It wasn't a dress shirt. It was a uh, polo shirt. Was it? Yeah, he just looked like he's going out to Weatherspoons <laughs> on a Saturday night. Uh, but he said, he called down Christian, because of course last week Christian made fun of Wardlow's past father, and they immediately start scuffling, and Luchasaurus gets out a ladder. As soon as I saw that ladder, I was like, that's great. Ladder match a double or nothing. Perfect. Christian for the TNT title. Uh, and they really did some good ladder spots in this. Um, uh, Luchasaurus chokes Sam Wardlow through the ladder propped up on the turnbuckle, and then Christian hit an unprettier, or a kill switch, whatever you want to call it, onto the broken ladder. Look great! It looks so cool. And later on in the show, Arn Anderson walked up to Wardlow and was like, I think he was annoyed that Wardlow didn't want him out there with him. He was like, because I knew what was going to happen. Christian, if you want to play with ladders, let's play with ladders. Mm. I challenge you to a ladder match for the TNT Championship, a double or nothing. I was like, that's great. That's going to be really fun. So then we go into this Go Home, Go Home show's one of its main aims, which is to get over the three pillars who are going for the title, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, Darmy Allen, and give them some winning momentum. I don't think they did it very well. No, I was going to say the same thing because they did it in three different styles. So you had Jungle Boy had a competitive match with competitive. Rouge. And the competitiveness was Jungle Boy trying to survive Roosh. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, I want to see Roosh in this match now. Yeah, I, I, Can we I, just make Roosh a pillar? I thought that the one Quattro was pillar? A, a, a massive failure. Yeah, yeah. And Sammy Guevara got a squash match and a babyface promo that no one's reacting to because Sammy Guevara is not a babyface, despite Tony Khan's insistence. And Darby was in a tag team match mm. with Orange Cassidy against Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. I thought it was so weird that Darby was just in this tag match. Yeah, uh, AEW do a good job of making all the matches mean something. And this just felt thrown together. Uh, And also, I feel like Darby was the least impressive. Just because I haven't, you don't get to see Lee Moriarty on Dynamite at least wrestle and his stuff with Cassidy at the start. I thought, but that's really fun. Big Bill's my star at a match here. I thought it was at very at the least nice, and I thought they were smart in a way of doing here. Darby was not the one that was worked over to build to the hot tag. It was Cassidy that was worked over to build to the Darby hot tag. Mm. Whereas arguably Cassidy is the bigger star here, so you could have made the arguments, but 
Cassidy in the hot tag position, but seeing Diamond's going for the world title, you should put him in the hot tag place. Definitely, and it continues that story, furthers the story of Cassidy just accumulating more and more damage. Yeah, it's his back now yeah, as well. So he's taped got, he, up. So he's got the hurt hand, and now his mm. back is seizing up as well. There were moments where he could not do... Like, he couldn't even get the, the hot tag at one point because he went to take a step forward and his back seized up, so he dropped down to a knee. Cassidy's selling, I think, is really, really oh, great. yeah. Uh, it's such a difficult act balance to strike as well isn't it because mm. your whole gimmick is i am not bothered so how do you how do you show that you are bothered and he somehow does it uh, but yeah can't say enough good things about big bill here he is a great big man he has a real like heel persona and people like to boo him um, I think the only thing that's really held him back in AEW is, is being part of the firm well they did say at the start of this match the firm is no more the firm is no more, yet here are the firm definitely tagging together. Obviously, Stokely Hathaway's nowhere to be seen, but whatever. The firm, I mean, I mean, like the Ast boys were already out of the mm -hmm. firm, we think. No one's really quite sure. But this was very much them saying, yeah, the firm are not an act anymore. Yeah, which is good because they just never, never They never took off. Um, but I, I hope Big Bill gets something. Because I think he's really, really underrated. Very good finish to this, though. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is while Darby did not get like the big moments to shine in this, I thought you know like Big Bill got his moments, and Orange Cassidy was because he got to do the the Valiant Babyface mm -hmm. uh, comeback and stuff with over the injuries. Darby got the very cool finish, which is he hit, hit the coffin drop on Lee Moriarty, but then picked him up and hit a headlock takeover and got the pin. Yeah, very the exact good. same way that MJF beat him at Full Gear in 2021. I thought that was a really, really good moment. And it's a long-running thing between them. I can beat you with a headlock takeover. Yeah, very A wrestling cool. move. Yeah. Uh, after that, we get the Bucks attack backstage. Then Arn Anderson sees Wardlow backstage as well, and he's been tended to by a medic. He throws the ice pack on the wall, and Wardlow's like, that's why I told you to stay back here. And then Wardlow made the challenge for the ladder match. That is that, that is good matchmaking. I like. I that did a lot. not know I wanted that. Yeah, like it a lot. That's twice they've surprised me because first we all thought Luchasaurus versus Wardlow, um, and then I just I just assumed it was going to be a straight singles. Great step. I was going to say the same thing. It's a nice little twist in the narrative. Um, then we get. Well, we might as well do both of these segments. Orange Cassidy goes up to. He's in an interview with Rene Paquette, and Rene points out that Carl Fletcher beat him up last week, wanted a shot at the international title, and Cassidy very nonchalantly goes, well, if you want to fight me, just at the pay-per-view, go see Tony Khan. Yeah, if, you know, just ask Tony Khan if you own a match. And then Renee reveals to him later on that 20 people went to Tony Khan's office to ask for a match. And he was like, well, I guess that sounds like we're having a battle royal then, and <laughs> I'll be in it. Uh, so that's 21. We'll call it the Blackjack Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they come out in fives? I, uh, it, it, I, I don't, don't know. I don't think it's a casino battle royal where you would come out uh, in the in the card things. I think this is just going to be a straight twenty-one man battle royal. Uh, cool. The the but the, the their battle royal format, casino, whatever it is, just gets less and less important every time. The thing that kind of 
not, not grind my gear so much because I think it will be fun. Like Orange oh, Cassidy yeah, fighting twenty other guys in this match, I think is going to be really fun because he's going through so much. Mm. He's going through more adversity than Cody Rhodes is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like him, like beating off twenty men, phrasing in a row, <laughs> it's going to be really, really special. However, if you'd have just done Orange Cassidy versus Carl Fletcher. It had been a banging match. Yeah. Because I saw Kyle Fletcher have the match of the weekend at strong, uh, Super Strong Style 2018, oh, yeah. I think it was. It was pre-AEW. So it actually might be, I think it was 20, 2019 it was. And it was him and Devlin. Wow. The future Judgment Day member. Jordan Devlin, yeah. Uh, and it was JD McDonough, by legit the, way. The, the best match of the weekend. Mm, so, brilliant and I, finish. And I think it, oh, it was an incredible finish. So I think... If you just put Carl Fletcher and Orange Cassidy out there, you'd have had an incredible match. My, I, th- I thought this was all great, by the way. Uh, my only feedback would be, I would have loved to have seen all the people queuing up at Tony's door. It's a mad rush. It's Butcher of Blade. Yeah. It's Kip Sabian. It's, it's the comic book side of AEW where... You might have a backstage interview with someone else and you can see a couple of people run in the direction. I've got to get the... the you know. Yeah. A bit of like 20, not 20, good God, hardcore title fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would have, um, do you know what I'd really like to see from this Battle Royal? I'd like to see them, again, kind of speaking of Cody, give him that Cody Gunther final part of the the Royal Rumble this year. So it's like, you know, he's 19 other guys have been eliminated down to the final two. And it's a really long extended survival. I believe he's like a big dude as well. Cassidy is on such a good run because... I don't want to see him lose it. No. And at, usually at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the, the th- like Jay Cargill. Just, I want someone to beat her. But Cassidy, I'm really invested. She's got an open challenge on Rampage. She might lose it there. <laughs> uh, after that, we got Sammy Guevara versus Exodus Prime. What, what a name. What a name. Uh, it was just a squash match. Didn't think he got a single move. And then Sammy got the mic and was like, oh, I'm... Uh, for for all you fans, I had to work hard, and like, uh, you know, I'm, the only reason I'm around today is because of Texas. And like, they even announced Exodus Prime was from Oklahoma, which is a, a rival state or or something or other. Or man, people really don't like the musical or something. Hmm. And I was when they announced that he was from a rival state, I was like, oh, it's weird to position yeah. Sammy as the babyface. And then he cuts this babyface promo. And then he has a babyface segment with Darby later on. And then he gets the babyface save after the Jungle Boy match. And I had this real, like, penny drop moment of, oh, the MJF match was a babyface turn. And none of us yeah. noticed. Just thought it was two heels beating each other. He is still part of the JAS. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and, like, who thinks three babyfaces going against one heel is a fun idea? Like surely you want to keep Sammy a heel, yeah. and it's just it's a it's a repeated pattern of behaviour from this company. So it's probably a Tony Khan thing, where they keep trying to make Sammy this baby face, and it doesn't work. It's because n- people don't like him. People like to boo Sammy. He's a tool. It's like it's a, it's a perfect opportunity to book a heel. It's handed to you on a silver platter. He proposed to his long term girlfriend in the ring live, and at that point everyone was like. Sammy is much better as a baby face. But then that didn't work out. I'm not, th- these things happen. These things happen. These things happen. And then he got with the, the Brazilian lady 
who's a wrestler, Ty Conte. I knew her name. I was just <laughs> saying it. And then, and then, like that's obviously a heelish move. And they act like your they- childhood sweetheart for the hot chick. And they're like, they're such a great heel act. Like when I say like Sammy is a tool, I don't mean as I don't know him on a personal level. Yeah, we're not saying on a personal level. He might be a really nice guy, but he's an incredible heel. He is like, and I mean this in the highest of compliment regards, it's The Miz. Yeah. The Miz is an awesome, perfect mid-card heel. And every 10, 5, 10 years, WWE are like, let's try and give him a run as a baby face. And the fans go, no, because he's not a good baby face, but he's an excellent heel. AEW are actually worse than WWE in this sense because it's every eight months they look up Sammy Guevara and like, I oh, cheer him as a baby face now. And every time this crowd goes, no. I disagree, actually, because I, from the moment Sammy had that first match on Dynamite with Cody, with Cody uh, like that's episode one, day one of TV, I was like, this guy's going to be a big baby face when he turns. And that's, he was on that trajectory. The whole in a circle thing, he was the babyface guy. He turned babyface with the whole faction against MJF. It's all working. The difference is he, again, proposed to his childhood sweetheart in the ring in front of him, of, of, of everyone. That's his decision to make that canon of his character. So when that doesn't work out and he's now with the hot other girl, of course, people can't cheer that as well plus it was just wasn't good babyface booking in general and the tnt title stuff was an absolute mess yeah so it's just it, that is that has made him a heel for a while uh, because you can just see that the audience do not connect with him they're not ready to accept him as a babyface yet AEW just keep trying to make it happen so yeah they've really tried on this show as well like i i just listed off there four different segments on this show where he got babyface moments and not a one of them clicked. Why do they want him to be a babyface? Because you said it earlier. It's clearly a Tony Khan thing. He clearly sees Sammy as a big babyface. In the same way that Jungle Boy <laughs> is the least over of the four people in mm. this Four Pillars match. Yet Tony keeps pushing him as the big star of this four-way match that is an MJF. Do you think it's classic? Well, I made a plan two years ago. And yeah, sure, the plan's going to have delays through injuries or other circumstances, but I will complete the plan. Kind of admirable. We've, we had Vince McMahon, who is pathologically opposed to any kind of long-term planning, and Tony Khan, who is pathologically in favour of long-term planning. <laughs> I don't think a lot of this works. No. Uh, but then we did get something. Here we go! <laughs> so, Tony Schiavone is in the ring, and Team TNA come out for a promo. Immediately, this segment got off to an amazing start. Oh, yeah. Because they've got guitars with Dax and Cashman on them, so two guitars are involved. It's a five-star <laughs> angle already. FTR come out and immediately push Satnam Singh off the stage. And Satnam Singh takes as a wicked bump <laughs> off the table of the side of the stage, goes through all of these tables. It's great. That Broad. was a great spot. Like the tech, so brilliant. satisfying. Yeah. All the tables exploded. And then they brawl, they brawl with Team TNA. Dax strips down Jay Lethal to his underwear. <laughs> and they're beating him up. And then they're beating up Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett is doing the most brilliant of Memphis selling. They're like, oh no, oh no, I'm being hit. And he's about to get hit with the shadow machine. But who Big should rig. but who should get in the ring? But Karen Jarrett. 
Jeff Jarrett's wife, Kurt Angle's former wife, and she gives Cash a low blow. They lay out Dax. They then lay them out with guitars, and they all celebrate with the titles. Bree woo, bree woo. It's so. This segment was perfect. It was so silly. It was so much fun. When Satnam Singh stormed back down to the ring, it's the most cool Satnam Singh has ever looked. Not in dungarees. With his top off, he looked awesome. Because he came. He's got like a. I don't don't think I've seen him without a top on. He's jacked. He came out of the ring like you motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they pushed him off the stage, and he's got like he's got his shirt ripped open, Mm. and he gives both of them double choke slams. Oh, it was so so good. Satnam looked awesome. Five star segment. Uh, yeah, I loved all of it. Um, I've I've got reservations <laughs> about the Karen stuff. Why? Because I've been. She had here. so much great. <laughs> Name me one bad Karen charity. Do you remember when we did that TNA show where they went to? Um, yeah, to... The, it was Jeff's um, their honeymoon, wasn't yeah. it? And he just took the kids. Took the kids to Universal Studios. Do you remember how good those were? Well, you liked them more than me. <laughs> uh, I, like a couple, of, there was in the acclaimed feud and Karen Jarrett got referenced in the acclaimed rap. And that was really the turning point of the Team TNA uh, ironic love or maybe unironic love because it was that was a great Max Caster rap. And, and everyone got on board with Team TNA on that point, I think. But, that's when Karen Jarrett tweeted, how dare you do that? And as soon as she did, I was like, oh. <laughs> it's just a matter of it's, time. It's happening. So I'm surprised it's taken five months for her to debut. It's, it's restraint on Jeff's part when you think about it. He did all he could do. <laughs> he tried to hold it off for as long as possible. He told Tony, he's like, look, I'm doing my best to get this FTR group over. But I think the only way we're going to be able to do it is if you bring my wife in and give us another paycheck. Yeah. So just <laughs> just historically, Jarrett, J- J- love Jarrett, <laughs> love Jarrett, but left unchecked, which, which <laughs> left unchecked, he can he can invade your promotion. <laughs> <laughs> and you might, you know, you, you, a lot of promotions then amputate limbs to get rid of the Jeff Jarrett infection. And then before you know it, Tony Khan's looking <clears throat> at his Todoist, and one of the things is gold. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just, I'm just based on past performance. I have reservations <laughs> that Karen Jarrett's there. However, I had those same reservations when Jeff turned up in November, and. I have really enjoyed his work. So I'm just being honest. That's where I'm at right now. Who else from uh, TNA's past? Like, I, I thought the only way this group could ever get better is you put Dixie Carter in it. Yeah, Dixie Carter, 10A. Uh, well, Russo's the main man, isn't he? Oh, okay. Well, You've, got another, that, oh, you've that, got another TV that, show to write. <laughs> <laughs> you put Vince Russo part of this group. That is the one way to turn me off Team TNA. Honestly, Tony, it's fine. You just need some ideas. You can approve all of them. <laughs> But you know, but Vince Russo's great wrestling mind. You can he can just fire over a couple of storylines, see if you like them. Yeah, that's how it starts. That's <laughs> how it seeps in. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought the segment was, was superb. Bree woo, bree woo. Sammy Guevara then interrupted Darby's interview and said he won't lie down for Max. And I was like, oh god, that, yeah, he's he's a, he's a full on baby face. 
Because then, then we're going to be in an awkward position when they're going to have to turn him heel after this again. Or maybe Sammy is suckering Jungle Boy and Darby into a false sense of security. And, and he's, he's going to turn he on them. He's still heel, and he'll just he'll end up being the heel in the match with, along with Max. Weird way of doing it, because surely you'd, you'd be more overtly trying to get them into a ruse. Oh, yeah, but it's just then it's the swerve, bro, I guess. <coughs> and granted, I would say that kind of just makes your baby faces look a bit... Yeah. Yeah, a bit silly. Uh, we had the Outcasts versus Britt Baker and Sheeta. This was meant to be a trios match of all three Outcasts versus Sheeta, Baker, and Hater. Apparently, Hater is genuinely injured. Legit injured. But she's seemingly going to be ready for double or yeah. nothing because she's got a title match against uh, Tony Storm. Well, she's also really tough because she's worked Japan, so... Presumably, she will just work the she will work the pay per view. I get that sense. Yeah, which well, from Southampton. Like, <laughs> you've got you've got to grow up tough. It's a port city. <laughs> so people, people from Portsmouth will come over there and kick the cack out of you. Standard criticism that the outcasts had an extra person at ringside, so surely Baker or Sheeta could get one of the eighteen women that the outcasts of you know, assaulted over the last couple of months to accompany them down, but they didn't. But I loved, I thought this was a really banging match. Really good match. Mm. I thought that Sheeda looked superb in this. This is like, you know, Sheeda's big comeback yeah. match. She's got brand new music. She's got new gear. It felt like a reinvigorated um, Hikaru Sheeda. And I thought Baker looked great. I thought Tony Storm looked awesome. Yeah. She event she ended up getting the win. Soraya did a load of distraction. Tony Storm sprayed uh, Baker in the eyes. And got the pin on Brit. Yeah, she hit the uh, the Storm Zero to get the win, and they were really putting over. It was like, oh, she's that's uh, she's won four of her last five matches, mm. and then later on, <clears throat> Tony Storm lays out the challenge for Jamie Hater. Run it back, which is booked. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was, was on the Wikipedia page. Well, it was it was shown on this show that they're moving yeah. graphics for it. So I'm excited. I, I think that's a great match. I think it's part of a feud. It makes sense. The match that they had at Full Gear last mm. year was awesome. Yeah. And so I, I think you just run that back, <coughs> but now you've got the roles reversed where, yeah. you know, Storm is the heel and Hater is the baby face. It's going to be so awesome. I can't wait to see Jamie Hater back on TV. Yeah. Uh, we got the 20 people thing about Orange Cassidy. Then we got <laughs> Tony Khan's announcement announcement. He's given very clear direction. Do not blink. Yeah. I wish this was really jump cut edited together like a set boy where you could, he's just about to say CM Punk. And, <laughs> and that's taken out. Yeah. So yeah, he announces uh, stuff that we already learned earlier in the day. New show collision. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They should announce it. Uh, the thing was, this wasn't as big as an announcement as we thought. And, you know, usually you can say, well, in the bubble, that they thought, because the report is, if you haven't heard, that CM Punk was meant to be front and center of this show reveal. Yeah, there were graphics made <laughs> with Collision's logo on there and CM Punk. There's even a report that said there's a match graphic of CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. And then the day before the upfronts, Warner Brothers were told, don't show any of Pull it, it all. Pull it all. The report is that Punk has requested that Ace Steel come back as well. And he was under the impression that Ace Steel 
was getting his job back. There's, like, I think there's a lot of like, there's a lot of things going around. Dave even said yesterday, Meltzer, that is that he's had 25 different things about this story, which is why he wasn't like mm-hmm. upfront about reporting. He's like, I'm hearing so many different versions of the story. Some versions are saying that A Steel has actually been working back with the company for a little while now. The one of the reports is that Punk was under the impression that he was going to be at the building at every episode of Collision. But because there are going to be crossover shows where the elite are on collision or punk is on dynamite because it's not as hard of a hard brand split as some originally or some initially reported it to be that they were like, no, he can't be at the building. And apparently, reportedly, that's what scuppered this whole deal is that it's almost like I'm not coming back unless Steel's coming back as well. The thing is... See, like just cynically, I'm not saying I've got a dog in this fight. I'm just laying out the land. Punk has them over a barrel. He can, like, I could see a situation where maybe everything was agreed, and then Punk's like, "Oh, actually, I want Ace Steel there with me," and then he's gone make it happen. I want, I want another win. And what Tony, what's Tony Khan gonna do? He needs Punk on this show because right now, you know, with all all the best will in the world. Andrade, Miro, Powerhouse Hobbs, Samoa Joe, Thunder Rosa. That's Rampage. That's Rampage on Saturday nights. Saturday nights is going to be a tougher night to get ratings than Friday is. And this is a big, well, not a big gamble because it sounded probably like a multi-year deal. But if you've made that multi-year deal with Warner on the, you know, promise that Punk's going to be be there, there. then that's, it's, it's... but then again, WWE did the same thing for SmackDown. When they when they sold SmackDown to Fox, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey were front and center of all that marketing. Yeah, they they just weren't around when they moved there. No, well, Brock won the title on the first show, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like Ronda was then not really around. And then it was then it just became well, we want Roman Reigns. So yeah. like Roman Reigns became the exclusive guy to to Fox. I, I think Punk, I think Dave even said this in Wrestling Observer Radio, it's like Punk's in like the most powerful leverage spot that he probably has been since this whole thing kicked mm. off because Tony needs him back there really for Collision to work as well as it can do. But even then, like the first show does 1.5 mil, it goes down to 800,000 within like, and I, I, that 1.5, that's an overestimate of what it probably could do. Uh, I, I mean, if I had to... Uh, I'm only going by what ramp. Like the first rampage got 1.5. That was Punk's full but, on. But that's return. what I mean. Sometimes, as, as, as I was saying, I'm basically saying like ballpark 1.5. It's probably more. I think it was 1.2. I don't know. I think it was 1.5. I think it was uh, it was higher than we think it is. But I think that, I think you're at most probably going to get 1.2 for your first episode. You're going to be back into the 800,000 range because, and this is the I, I think, think. Sorry, I think you get 900 first episode and it goes down to 600. You reckon? Oh, I suppose it is Saturday night. It's maybe. Saturday nights. Rampage is doing like three hundred thousand. Yeah, but that is the moment because that's in. Weird, it's on three in the afternoon. But even before then, it was hitting lowest numbers of the year. Yeah, because they stopped putting people on it. Like they're putting CM Punk on this. Show. Are they? Well, <laughs> <laughs> they'd like to. So I guess that's the argument to be made. I th- one of the things that really struck me about the Warner uh, announcement about Rampage, about uh, sorry, Rampage, about Collision was. The one of the big criticisms has always been leveled against uh, AEW is they only appeal to hardcore audiences and they never appeal to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers president, Warner TV's president <laughs> said their greatest asset is they only appeal to the hardcore audience. 
Like that's want to see that as a plus point. Yeah. So that is I, that's the, the the bubble being like this is AEW's big problem. Whereas like the people who actually matter, the networks that are paying the money, are like no, that's a good thing. Just keep doing what you're doing. I wish wish they behaved that way to DC. <laughs> Wish DC appealed more to me. Oh, that's just that's uh, a hardcore fan. Yeah, but that's that, that's Warner Brothers movies. Yeah. They've really got to appeal to the, uh, the the mainstream audience there. So they're they're in a bit of a tricky situation. It is just it's so it's so CM Punk in that within a twenty four hour span, AEW went from we're about to announce our brand new show on Saturday night in a potentially billion dollar deal. And then 24 hours later, CM Punk has had another falling out with the company, and now we don't know whether he's coming back or not. And he's dredging up emails that he's been saving for the last 14 years about why he doesn't like Brian Alvarez. It's just when you think you've got it all figured out. I said I joked earlier, or whenever there's a slow, slow news week, you can always count on Punk going, oh, I'll just show up at Raw. <laughs> you know, just insane things that you wouldn't even we wouldn't even predict on our wild predictions show at the start of every year. Um. Yeah, I, it's crazy. I think when we look back at this this run of punk in AEW, the the ruin of punk in AEW, we'll go. Oh my god! Like he was, despite that, the, the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Punk always lobbied against politicians and stuff backstage in wrestling, but maybe he was the greatest politician all along. And you can see it's really exposed now how how aggressively cynical he's being. You remember like everyone reportedly. Always, yeah. You know, and I remember like all of those shoot interviews <laughs> with wrestlers who are like, CM Punk's really hard to work with backstage. Yeah. He's a really difficult person to be around. He's very hard to work with. And then, but we as fans were like, oh, those wrestlers don't like him. Yeah. He's, he's the best. He's our guy. He's our king. Maybe they were right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Eddie was just right all along. Eddie Kingston. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, when he told maybe, him. Maybe Eddie was just I correct. I don't like you. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know and no one else likes you either. Maybe Eddie was just right. Um, so Tony Khan announced the venues for like the six weeks uh, of, of Collision, the first, the first ones. But he didn't announce the first week. Because that was probably supposed to be Chicago. Chicago. The show was called The Second Coming. Mm. And I bet I guarantee you that is what this announcement was supposed to be. The first show is in Chicago. Tickets are on sale now. Not announcing Punk, but basically hinting that Punk's going to be there and repeat First Dance. So I didn't know that when I watched the show. Because I watched the show, then I read the news. I don't want spoilers. And when I saw that he hadn't announced Punk or the venue for the first the first show, I was like, oh, okay, not what I would have done. I felt like you needed something a bit bigger, but I see what you're doing here because it's how indie promoters promote shows. You leave stuff in the tank to drip feed every week on social media and you build anticipation that way. You space out your announcements. Announce announcements, announce announcements, announcements. That's what I thought. I thought that <laughs> I, my first thought was, Ah, Tony's Tony's lost his mind here yeah. because last week was an announcement that next week there's going to be announcements and this announcement was next week there'll be an announcement and I thought at this point it's a rib like it's it's a it's an intentional joke mm. and then I go online after I finish the show to be like oh it's because they don't have punk anymore and they weren't announcing where the location was god because oh, I mean like they now have to announce the venue next week 
Yeah. Well, so, I guess he's thinking it's seven days' time they can figure this out. Oh, man. I have no idea what they're going to do. What do you, what, like, when do you make the call? Like, crap, just pull Chicago, book another place. Well, yeah, because I was going to say, what you could do is just book Chicago and then be like, now we've got a month. Well, less than a month to figure this out. But and put Punk it, in an even stronger position. Oh, yeah, I suppose that's a good point. Because yeah. if it, as soon as you announce Chicago, even if you explicitly say Punk is not going to be on the show, of course we're all going to think he's on the show. Yep. Because wrestling promotions have told us forever they're definitely not going to be there. It's a surprise working with Mark Rogue. Or, it, this, this, or, is, this is a terrible situation. Is it all one big work? I don't think they'd jeopardize it with the Warner stuff because some of these stories are coming from Warner. That's very, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe like Warner was like, <clears throat> like, what's it like? What's it like to, to do a, a work? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, come here, I'll yeah. show you. Meet CM Punk. No, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, it's the, it's the rock thing with Black Adam. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we, we understand now. We understand. Uh, Can we do a poll? What? Do you want to see CM Punk back? Yeah, sure. Can I? Well, well I, of course, I, I want to see CM Punk. Mod Mother, if you can hear us, do you want to see CM Punk back, yes or no? Um, just shout out to one of the venues, Regina, <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> so it's a wonderful uh, Bloodhound Gang song. 3.14. Called 3.14. And he tries to rhyme words with vagina yeah. and he talks it's about how hard it is a word like vagina calvin klein kinda north carolina <laughs> but he does say Reg regina yeah uh south carolina at one point yes because there's he the, the skip before and he calls up his mum. yeah I, I can't actually say half the words that he <laughs> said. it was a naughties because he then says like trying to find words that rhyme with uh vagina and then I can't remember what his mum says. And he goes, how about that, uh, that teenage witch, Sabrina? <laughs> <laughs> his mum just goes, that's not a word, Jim. Bloodhound Gang are excellent. I was listening to a Bloodhound Gang. I had my old iPod plugged in. and I was driving uh, a couple of months back. I, and a song came on from One Fierce Beer Coaster. And I was singing along with it. And I had this raw pause. I was like, Oh, I don't think you can get away with, oh, with can't, this. Can't, 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 can't say that these days. I think if anyone who <laughs> knows that album probably knows which track <laughs> I'm talking about as well. Uh, Chris Jericho then took on Roderick Strong in a super fun Fool's Count Anywhere match. This was great. And it's exactly what you said would happen. Then you, you, you laid out the finish last week. Yeah, I think some other people had. I, I wasn't yeah. the only person to say this. I think people are in our live chat no, no, no. speculated. Take 100% well. credit for this. I, I will. Well do. done. Thank you, mate. Oh, I thought you were going to talk. Oh, something, something's gone wrong with the back of my chair. So <laughs> okay. So they brawled everywhere. Uh, they had a, uh, a mad little match. They brawled into the stairway. They brawled into the concession stand. At one point, Roderick Strong even threw ice cream into Jericho's face. Did you see what I said about that in my review? No. Looked better than the Painmaker face paint. <laughs> I just wrote my notes. Entertaining this. So much fun. That pin in the stairwell. Yeah. I don't know if that was in the commercial break. No, I think that was on TV uh, because I saw people referencing it on Twitter. And just the, just the chaos of having what felt like the entire Texas crowd 
follow them through the concourse yeah. and just being held back by security. But Attitude Era hardcore matches. Yeah, this yeah, one yeah. Sort of like, you know, this is Boss Man and and, um, yeah. and a Hardcore Holly and that sort of thing, or like Boss Man and, and Al Snow. And um, it, it was that, that moment in the stairwell, they had got a near fall in the stairwell, and Excalibur goes, that's probably the first pinfall attempt yeah. in that stairwell. And they brawl outside of the building. Bearing in mind, the stipulation of the match was that the JAS and Adam Cole were barred from being in the building. So now they're outside the building. So Adam Cole shows up. He brawls with Jericho. He lowers the boom. And Roddy hits the jumping high knee and gets the one, two, three. Yeah, it was so great because Roddy teased Jericho out, like begging off, like, no, 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 please don't hurt me. And then Cole's standing right there. Great stuff. Smart baby face. You give Roddy a, a big on paper win in his first proper Huge, singles yeah. match. This was, this was a home run. It was yeah. so much fun and it was great booking. Yeah, really enjoyed this. Less so. Mm. Less so was the next match. Well, I tell you what, this was a great Roosh match. <laughs> a great advert for why Roosh should be in a bigger program. I love Roosh. I think no one wrestles like him. He's so intense. Yet he he's a heel. You know, like he's a cool heel, but he's he's a dickhead heel at the same time. Okay, let's go through the match, and then I'm going to give you my very weak defense mm. of what I think you they were trying to go for here okay well the the story of the match is roosh beat up jungle boy for 10 minutes brutally awesomely even doing spots like rubbing jungle boy's blood over his chest there was one point when jungle boy chopped roosh and roosh just screamed in his face yeah so cool there was a moment when they were battling on the apron and jungle boy runs at him and roosh just grabs him and goes like nope and yeah. just his overhead throw to the floor. It was rad. Uh, and then Jungle Boy got a fluke roll up. No, no, no. And won. So here's what happened is that Roosh was nailing down Jungle Boy in the corner. The referee went to stop him in case he got DQ'd. Jungle Boy rolled him up, hooked the tights, and that's oh. how he got the pinfall. He cheated to win. I didn't. Did the commentators put that over? The commentators were like, he had to, he, that's what he had to pull out of the bag in order to get the win. Like, he survived Rushir. The idea being that one of the things that Max has been saying to him in his promos is that you don't have what it takes to be, <sighs> to be me cheating to win. So this was, and that, that's my, my weak source defense that I'm trying mm. to put onto this match. I don't think that this worked, but I think that's what they were going for. It was Jungle Boy using the same cheating tactics that Max would use in order to get a win. I think that's I think that's bad booking. I think that's misunderstanding the character, and all, all this made me want to do, look. Jungle Jungle Boy hasn't looked great in this in this two month feud. He has, um, and he looks a little less good every week. And all I'm thinking about now is, man, I want to see Roosh more. I want to see Roosh go for a, a mid card title, not. Jungle Boy going for the world title next week, which is what this is entirely designed for. Yeah. So this was a failure. Yeah. Um, afterwards, Los Ingram started beating up <laughs> Jungle Boy, and then out came Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, and they made the save, and they're all there looking at each other like, okay, okay, we're saving each other. Respect. They're putting over there. Now MJF is the marked man yeah. in the match, and Renee tried to interview MJF, <clears throat> and he just slapped the microphone out of her hand and walked away. That was quite shocking when he slapped the mic because, you know, Renee is a protected figure. So that was good heat. You know, sometimes that another great positive of Max, he knows when to shut up, really. Yeah. 
People are saying, like, this uh, Jungle Boy is the one who's going to be getting pinned in the match. No, yeah, that's what Darby's there for. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that was, that was the other part of Sammy going, I'm a baby face. <laughs> Cheer me. Uh, then we had Tony Storm calling out Hater for the title fight. And then the last thing we'll talk about is Ricky Starks versus Jay White because we've done the final angle, which was Don Callis. Saving Don for the main event, which is very smart. Yep. And Ricky in his hometown, because he's got like eight hometowns. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Well, what they said was after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, Katrina was yeah, New Orleans. Yeah. Was like he had to move to Texas because they couldn't be in uh, New Orleans anymore. So he kind of sees it as his second home. Um, but the crowd got really into him because of that connection. And Jay White is an amazing heel. And despite this feud really not clicking since the debut and it all kicked off, I really got into this match. I was sat there with the biggest smile on my face because mm. I was like, I cannot wait to see everyone eat humble pie because everyone has been crapping all over this. So crapping on Jay White, crapping on Ricky Stark, crapping on them, crapping, crapping on the book, crapping, crapping on the book and crapping on the story. Everyone's been so down on this. And I knew as soon as that bell rang, they'd burn. I was like, oh, I was going to eat that humble pie. And then the finish happened. I was like, oh no, that's a rubbish finish. So Juice Robinson starts to interfere, brings in a chair. And Ricky Starks gets the chair and just hits uh, Juice and Jay. Sounds like a Nickelodeon TV show. Yep. Uh, to get the DQ loss, which is very rare in AEW. Yeah. Um, and it didn't feel like it was justified. The, well, I'll tell you what this DQ finish was. <laughs> we don't want to be either man. We want to do the, the match again at the pay-per-view. We want to do the match again at the pay-per-view. Could, yeah, it could just be they want to do the match at the pay-per-view. And hey, man, that match will slap. They can put a stipulation on it or, or something like that. Maybe it could be something really ridiculous like Juice Robinson is in a shark cage or, or some <laughs> nonsense like that. But that's the sort of 80s thing that Tony absolutely loves. So maybe it'd be something, you know, silly. But I thought the match was great. Yeah. It was really good. Ricky was awesome. Jay is superb. I yeah. was really, really getting into this. And the crowd were going bonkers for it as well. The near falls near the end were oh, terrific. So great. And the two were so crisp, but it was such a rubbish finish. Really, really weak. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, we, we crapped a, a lot there, but I thought it was one of the best shows of the year. It, it legit <laughs> was. Like, this was a brilliant episode of Dynamite. Uh, I gave it 90%. I gave last week 92%, I think. But mm. two great back-to-back shows. So this is this is a hot leading into the pay-per-view. Yeah, and it is the pay-per-view next weekend. It's a it's a double header for us next week here on the Rest Talk Podcast. It's a busy old week mm. because we'll have the Raw review as per normal. Then we'll have... Uh, Night of Champions predictions. Then we're going to have the AEW review and Double or Nothing predictions going up as well. Then on Saturday, it's going to be our Night of Champions watch along live party. So get your tickets for that. Click the link in the uh, video description or the one that's being spammed by our moderators. And uh, then the following day, we will have uh, Brian Tempest, even. Uh, I don't think Brian Children's actually available. No, Brian Children's not there. Sullivan will be there. His yeah. fancy boy. Yeah, but I don't think I can get him either. So I'm gonna. It's gonna be uh, Tempest and Adam Blumpier doing live oh. reactions to Double or Nothing. Oh, great! And then the following day, you doing the review with Dan Layton. Oh, that would be nice. And on the Sunday, uh, the Sunday, me and you'll be reviewing Night of Champions. It's a busy week on the Wrestle Podcast next week, mm. so please do make sure you're subscribed and enable notifications to know when we're going live. Uh, and go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash support, 
for loads of exclusive content there. Loads of stuff. And if you pledge $25 a month or more, you get a shout-out on this very show with a wrestling nickname, so thank you. This is some kind of Patreon shout-out. Nate, drop surname. The Batsman, Nathan Batty. The number one villain, Nikolai Martinson. The intriguing infrared, near Afredo Wheel. Peter Fiber Brauntus. Probably better than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. The man who wears the gold, the man recognised by SWAP Nation International as the 24-7 champion. Ah, legend. Reese Cook, what the rock is smelling. Daylight robbery, Rob James. Yo, Adrian. Rocky. Ross Pooper Scooper Cooper. And lastly for this Hall of Fame class, on the 18th of May 2023, the man with the scoops, Sean. You want to be getting involved with Patreon as well. Uh, thank you to everyone who joined us over Patreon from last weekend's mm. PFK uh, World Cup tournament. It's the best at WWE 2K23. Next week, Ollie and I are reviewing TNA Sacrifice 2009. It's a really, really fun time. A lot of Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> so head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Right, let's go do our remaining Omega chats. We haven't got the username for this first person, so please do tell the mods and we'll try to give you a shout out. It's a Streamlabs fault. I think Collision is going to be great for AEW, but I can't help but be concerned about the time slot. They are going to be competing with primetime college football games starting in September. Also, can someone tell Tony Khan it is okay to blink during his announcements? Even bigger than that, they'll be going up against WWE pay-per-views. And UFC. Yeah, so their first big test will be SummerSlam. There are a few people who said like Money in the Bank, but they'll be on at different times. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they'll be competing against mm. SummerSlam uh, in August. Eddie Pat 14. Wrong stream to ask this, but I woke up too late on Tuesday to send in a chat. Do you see a world where Cody wins money in the bank and uses it to face Roman at SummerSlam? I think Rumble winner needs to challenge for the new belt to make it feel prestigious. Thoughts? I think Cody is going to be in the money in the bank match, but I don't think he's winning it. Mm. Adversity. I, I think if I was a betting man, Brock Lesnar shows up takes out Cody Rhodes and sets up the third match at SummerSlam. Oh, I thought you were going to say and wins the briefcase himself. <laughs> I wrestle talk. It's Nate. I've always wondered this, but do you guys watch all the weekly wrestling shows or just the ones you review? I tried to watch them all, but it's so much wrestling. Lol. Love you guys. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of wrestling. Lot of wrestling. Yeah, I think even when they announced like Collision yesterday, there were a few people like, I've already watched a lot of wrestling in the week. It depends how I'm feeling. Yeah. Like, I, if it's a good Raw show, I'll watch it, but I'll probably just watch clips watch the and clips. uh and listen to reviews and stuff always what yeah obviously watch dynamite um i used to watch rampage every week without fail on a saturday morning that was for me but um yeah i watch a lot of smackdown actually yeah on saturdays now i used to but the kid now decides to, that she likes to watch things in the morning so um you know i have to watch bing or something Thunderstorm 87. Why does CM Punk need a steal with him 24-7? What value does a steal bring to AEW? Nothing, but that's not the point. Yeah, it's I probably it's about him getting a win in this. And also, he's obviously quite a... He, like, in his head, he probably thinks people might physically get to him. So, so having some... Like, a buddy, a faction member with him, a shoot faction member. And also, like, it's the guy that trained him. Yeah, in wrestling as well. So like they are very loyal, very loyal, very close friends. So it, it's him trying to get his buddy a job. Harry Iverson, gutted I'm going to miss out on another live watch party away on a holiday to Fuerteventura. Fuerteventura. 
Stupid holiday time should really be watching wrestling with some lovely boys. Maybe next time I'll meet you guys one day. Hope well, so. Keep an eye out for future live events. Um, another missed chat name, so please do tell the mods. I was at the AEW house show last weekend in Virginia, where Paige T's returning to help the elite, so I saw it coming a mile away last night. But I still screamed, F yeah! When his theme hit. Oh yeah, I think we all we all knew it was coming, but it was still got, all got that <laughs> lovely cathartic response out of it. Chris James Lilly. How much longer will Tony Khan keep giving in to the overrated child that is CM Punk, who was champion and getting pushed when he flipped out at All Out and now has to literally split AEW in two so he can come back and he's still not happy? How long until we say no more Punk? Well, when he stops making money. I was going to say, when he, when he stops being a draw. Mm. Yeah, I think that would probably be it. Also, like I, I think... It, here's my read on the the brand split. Even with re when reading Sean's report, you know, he was the first guy to sort of really put this out there. It does not sound like a brand split. What it sounds like is kind of what Raw and SmackDown was in sort of the dying days of the last brand split that we had before. They were like, no, we're doing a draft and we're having a proper brand split again, which is just there are guys that are on exclusive to either shows, but it's also just flat. like Ray Mysterio just, just on both shows. I don't. I don't think you can rule anything out. I think it's changing daily by the sounds of it. But what I'm, by what I mean is that there is not going to be a show on Dynamite. Tony Khan is not going to say. At least this is my read on it. Tony Khan is not going to say we're doing a draft mm. and you have been drafted to SmackDown. You are being drafted to Collision. It is just there are stars that will be on Collision that will also appear on Dynamite. There will be stars that are mostly on Dynamite but also appear on Collision. Chozo 55. I know this will be quite the hot take, but if there were, if there could be only four pillars, can we have Orange replace Jack Perry? When by themselves, Jack seems to move the fans the most. Orange, on the other hand, always seems to be entertaining to watch. I don't think uh, Jack Perry even moves the fans the most anymore since the Christian feud. Um, I, I mean, I think Ricky Starks is 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 really good. I, Wheeler Utah's fantastic. Daniel Garcia. It's like there's this second set like the first floor <laughs> yeah of the pit of this house um powerhouse hobs of course just um, to add on to the point i was making earlier because one of the posters for collisions got danielson and page on it i think if you've got like this hard brand split where you can't be you wouldn't have hangman page who is got a problem with cm punk is not going to be on the cm punk show yeah the, the graphics definitely didn't change <laughs> ever kevin Damn, I miss seeing Sheeta in the ring. She's the best. It's also hilarious that Karam finally found a way into AEW. However, they hit Dax with the cash guitar and vice versa. And this bugged me. Good episode overall. Excited about Anarchy in the Arena too. So I think it's the fourth it's one. The... Yeah, yeah. Double nothing 2020. Yeah. Then the 2021, one the next, yeah. 2022. And then it's be 2023. It'll be yeah. the fourth one. Um, and Kevin, hey, look, maybe I'm giving them, maybe I'm giving mm. the devil more due than he needs. I think that was a work. I think they did that to work you. Uh, again, we haven't got the name here, so please tell the moderators your name and we'll give you a shout out. The Bucks and Kenny were stood in the exact same spots across from Hangman at Revolution 2020 a couple of months ago when they slid in behind him. And again last night, he finally crossed the ring to join them. Love the little details. Makes the payoff amazing. Very nice. Again, we didn't get the, the name here, so please tell the moderators. Going to the pay-per-view with two friends who aren't wrestling fans. Super excited. They added some great match stipulations to keep my friends interested and hopefully invested. It takes crazy matches sometimes to be like, yeah, that was fun. Looking forward to it. I think Anakin Arena will have some of that. 
Um, and another one without the name recorded. Please tell the mods. Question for you guys. What kayfabe reason should they give for Sky, Willow and Riho to not come out and help Brit and Sheeta? Brit and Jamie saved them multiple times, but for some reason, they never return the favour. There is no good kayfabe reason <clears throat> for it. It's just that's what baby faces do. You could have the outcasts beat them up backstage. You could have the non Brit Baker affiliated ones go, well, we don't. I oh, know, but they came out and saved them. Yeah, I don't know. Hot tag. Uh, Aten says, bring in Cornet to manage FTR Russo to be with Team TNA. That <laughs> is how you sell out Wembley. It's a Jarrett move. Craig Dern said, just hopped off a work call. I was at the show last <gasps> night. I've been at every AEW house show that has come to the ATX area. Uh, when they were at Cedar Park, the crowd was full and the energy was high. It was probably two thirds capacity of mm. Moody. Wasn't as lively. It seemed on TV. Like uh, Other reports I've seen from people at the arena it was really popping. But the, the shows aren't selling as well no. as, they, as they used to. Stephen Fye's been a member for two months in a row. Said, love the reference to Ric Flair with the ripped up pants. He even had blue underwear on. Plus the le, plus when Dak took lots of uh, took lethal shoe and he <laughs> threw it like Flair. I didn't make that. Neither uh, did I. An unknown username. Please do let our moderators know. Says, AEW has 150 people on their roster. If they can't do five hours of compelling TV a week without CM Punk, then Tony should fully give up the book. There's so many amazing wrestlers in this company that can be used for more than they currently are. Yeah, but you also need a big, big name. Like, big, big names are so rare. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think Tony Khan should be booking five hours of TV a week. Yeah, oh, I was about to say, is it five hours now? I forgot Rampage. Get like, Russo like to does. do it. Nope. Dematic made it. Give Jared the book. Dematic made it. Said, I found it funny when CM Punk had the incident brawl out. Everybody hated him. Now all of a sudden he's rumored to return and everybody loves him. Make it make sense. No, I, I don't think that's fair Me, to say. Yeah. Everyone's just like, well, I get why he's coming back. I don't think I, I mean I don't know what the reaction will be to him if he does come back. We were talking about this in the office earlier. We think that first show will be like cheers. A couple of weeks time probably won't be there because this this does not feel like the last time that he returns. No, I think he, I really think he should come back as a heel and just embrace it and own it. That's what we were saying. But but that admits that he's wrong in real life. Maybe yeah. unless he unless he spins it behind. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because that's the other thing as well was that you know when Warner was saying that the great strength of AEW is they appeal to the hardcore masses. That means the hardcore masses are people who are watching this show and know what is going on with mm. all the behind the scenes drama and everything. So they probably are going to have a bit of a frosty reaction to him. So I, I, I think in certain places going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I think even when he left, I don't think everyone was on CM Punk's side. No, no, no. It felt like it was very much a 50-50 split. And I think even now it's a 50-50 split. In fact, we did our poll. Do you want to see CM Punk come back? It was 52-48. It's a 50-50 split. Wow. I think it's, this has not changed since September last year. Well, we'd leave Europe on that. Akerto <laughs> says, Jack got a win over Roosh, showing us despite getting outmatched, he can still get the win. Darby wins via headlock, takeover to show MJF, and Sammy shows that despite mistakes in his life that you can rise throughout them, the show showed complex storytelling, I feel. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, and it certainly works on paper, but it did not work for me in execution. In fact, like, really really was quite far from what I think they were trying to achieve for me. Uh, Craig, who mentioned earlier that he was at the show, said right after the Force Count Anywhere match, I immediately went and got some soft serve ice cream. <laughs> I do not understand why they keep trying to make Sammy as a baby face. Here, he's into vids. 
his intro, intro bit is literally bit. him beating up other wrestlers as a Dragon Ball Z character. <laughs> Fans of FTW said it always will be something with Punk. How can TK trust a guy who threatens to walk out anytime he doesn't get his way? Elite Mox and Jericho producing the most compelling fun wrestling on TV, while a uh, while Punk has another meltdown over nine months later. Just go touch some grass. <laughs> Oh, Daniels said, hey, guys, thanks for all consistently keeping me entertained. Do you think that we're going to have a Jungle Boy heel turn? Is he going to be the one to align with MJF? Does coincide with Sammy's face turn? I I mean, there does come a point with Jungle Boy where you should probably trial out other characters. So a heel turn. Yeah, but he does feel like that kind of Ricky Steamboat forever babyface person. I'd say so as well, yeah. Um, just a bit of a, a note here from our, uh, our moderators. It was originally the Stadium Stampede. I thought it was something Then else, became... Yeah. So this is the second Anarchy mm. in the arena. I saw, I saw them as the same match. That's a mistake I made. Well, thank you very much for everything today. Uh, to end the poll, to see what people poll. thought of this episode of Dynamite. It's an overwhelming one. 80% gave it thumbs up mid-16 and thumbs down 3%. Well, it was a great show. Uh, and looking forward to Double or Nothing and the eight hours it will go. So yeah, subscribe because we'll have reviews of that. We'll have predictions next Wednesday. Me and you doing them. Yeah, uh, might be on Thursday. Might air directly after this. We're down to record them on Wednesday. That's what I mean. But today's a Thursday. So what I mean is that we don't record them on the Wednesday, but they go out on the Thursday. That'll be after Dynamite. Yeah. But that we would have done the predictions before the go home show but the wednesday prediction the wednesday slot we said was going to be the night of champions predictions oh it's tough that's what that's what's in the calendar that's what we'd agreed upon last month hmm. we can switch it i don't think it works no. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe, anyway. maybe we'll release both of them on the wednesday yeah well while, while we figure out some schedule admin, <laughs> thank you <laughs> wrestling companies doing two, two pay-per-views in a weekend on the same weekend inconsiderate the same as inconsiderately putting a wrestling show on a saturday we don't work sundays but for one of those night of champions come hang out with us and watch it oh, yeah. live in london uh, links in the video description below to get your tickets. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. That's been Luco in DAD. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.